The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, where we're talking with HR and business thought leaders about all the crazy shifts going on in the world of HR, recruitment, and business. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and I'm joined by my co-host, Keith Compagna, who's right beside me today. Yes, sir. Uh, and our sponsors, again, are Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. Uh, sort of a crazy week. You saw, uh, Keith, I think you walked in here and, and said that tough to keep up it is. With, with the things that are going on. It is. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, well, this is just so timely. I mean, today we're going to be talking with uh, Danielle Weinblatt uh, and, you know, all about employee engagement. And, you know, I've, we've been harping on HR uh, for a while, yep. but they, and you know, all I got to say is I, I almost posted this yesterday and it just ran out of time and I couldn't think of the right, right, right way to frame it, but it's like, come on, HR, you got to do better than well, this. Yeah. And she's, you know, we'll get to convey IQ in a little bit with regards to the candidate experience. And it's, it's, it's really it, for me too, because on the HROI side, I'm now putting it out there, getting a lot of feedback and, uh, the the it's been overwhelmingly positive to the extent that people are saying, well, where has this been? You know, the the in market in, in you know in market leads kind of thing where people can actually sit still, learn a little bit, and then present. They're thinking like, well, this might actually help us. Right. It's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, you and I were just talking before the show. Um, I did my webinar. Uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? I can't remember anymore. Um, with Bright Talk, and one of them happened to be people analytics, and we talked about. Uh, the importance of that, and uh, there were some attendees that were on the show, and they have a company, uh, kind of a next level from where you are. You're mm -hmm. talking about the H, the ROI on technology. Yep, yep. They're talking about what everybody's been talking about for years, yeah. of tying in the investment of human capital, investment in people, and how does that relate to uh, not only revenues, um, but profit and yep. EBITDA and, you know, I'm not getting into all the deep finances, but, um, and they have a program uh, based on, you know, kind of the money ball theory right, right. Um, of, of really tying that in. And it's like, so beyond what you're doing is saying, here's the HR, HR tech investment yep. ROI they're taking in and say, hey, you, you want more money for a job board? How's that going to impact our bottom line? Right. And not just looking as a cost as a cost and expense, um, but, but, you know, we need to demonstrate that this is going to impact either revenues. It's crazy. Or expenses. We know it'll, it'll, it'll impact expenses, but either revenue, revenues, um, net profits, or EBITDA. And it's, it's an amazing program. So there's so much good stuff going on in the background. And then what I was kind of leading up to um, is what was really frustrating is, I want, uh, I, you know, did a lot of speaking. I know you're, you're doing a lot of speaking. Submit, you know, a lot of um, presentations. Yep. Um, and sometimes I do multiple ones because a couple topics. Don't know which one's going to be, you know, fit best. Uh, and the other day I went up, and this happened three times in the last two weeks. Didn't hear, knew the, the conference was coming up. Went up, and three times the speakers were picked. 
I never ever heard from the committee. Really? I never heard that my, hey, thanks for receiving this. I never heard um, that, hey, you know, you know, get the, that standard letter. Right. You know, thanks for submitting your, your application. Right. There's so many, that we've had so many quality people. There were three conferences that yeah. I literally have never, ever had any correspondence. Yeah. Which, so now they're ghosting, HR is ghosting presenters. And I think there's some, and, and these are the professionals. I mean, these are people that promote right, your organization. Right. I, and there's something to be said for that. And I think that, you know, technology, technology is ahead of the curve in, compared to humans. And HR, you know, for better or worse, uh, we're, we're witnessing the evolution of it or the the de-evolution of it because the the pressure might break them and you see you know like hc moneyball they're coming in from an almost operations perspective oh they're going direct to the cfo yeah they're they're just going to cut out hr right they speak the cfo language and then you combine that that you know that message of uh move all the administrivia of hr into cfo now you don't need an HR director, you need talent acquisition leaders. Well, well and you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm doing that keynote for uh, Lehigh Valley yeah, Sherm, yep. uh, and it's it's Workforce 2030, and I'm kind of trying to really stretch it and make people uncomfortable. And But one of the questions is, is what really is HR's role going to be? Right. And this is for HR, so it's not just there, what's the workforce of 2030 going to be, is here's the direction of the workforce. Um, and, you know, a lot will be automated. Yeah, there's going to be some robots, but there's still going to be a lot of people working. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of humans in the job. But if if the process doesn't become more human, that's a huge problem, uh, which is what we're going to be talking about today with engagement. Um, but the next part is, uh, you know, how are they going to what are they going to actually be doing? Right. Because they're not going to be doing paperwork. They're well, not right. going to be doing the admin and the processing. And then somebody else uh, brought up the I, I talked to the other day. They said, what are you doing with blockchain? I mean, what are you following yeah. that? And I said, yes, yeah, sort of. But yeah. uh, so he put me on to a, a, to a blockchain talk. And now you're talking about how people get paid, mm-hmm. you know. So what happens to pay? So so now HR spends 50% of the time on payroll. Yep. What happens when they're not doing payroll? Right. Uh, they're not doing the paperwork. They're not doing recruitment. Yep. Um, you know, what? what is HR's role really going to be? And it's got to be much more strategic than it is oh, now. Oh, absolutely. And and, and Danielle's definitely going to be able to help us out with this because it really boils down to having the people inside the company that can actually manage the technology because there's that part too. So, you know, it's your typical story of HR buying something, not having the experience to implement it well enough and certainly yeah. lacking the experience to deploy it. Yeah. And and if if you have these kind of larger scale human capital investment concepts that you want to build a ongoing strategy with, you got to have the people that know how to do it. Yeah. Well, and and which which also came that yesterday I talked to uh, Ben Eubanks. I don't know if you saw yeah. that we did the LinkedIn live, yep. and the question was why humans suck at HR or at hiring, uh, not why they suck at HR, but why they suck at hiring. And that was prompted by uh, an article last week that I that I caught. It was yeah. from Forbes Coaches Council, and it was about why HR is a threat to you know why it shouldn't be used uh, in in uh, HR and hiring. And uh, there were ten responses, and and I posted you know a response to that. I can go down every one of them yeah. and say humans are already really really bad at that. Yeah. So it it it's it's not that. I'm in favor of AI taking over for humans, but but the bias and the effectiveness and the return on investment of what humans are doing now 
is not very good. Right. So they're going to have to step up to the plate right. and then use um, in collaboration, yep. you know, basically use, uh, you know, use AI. So we had this whole talk yesterday about, uh, you know, uh, about that threat. And that's, it's becoming very real. I think it's a good, good segue to mm -hmm. bring in Danielle, because when you look at Convey IQ, uh, I first ran across or caught, uh, Danielle caught my attention when I was with Jobvite. Jobvite, if you remember, is way ahead of the curve in terms of employee uh, candidate engagement, as mm -hmm. far as I could tell. They're not right. in that reactive uh, ATS mindset. And Danielle's uh, company is ahead of that curve because if you look at the way we're talking about how HR needs to really fine tune the way they're doing things, they simply, you know, uh, can, Danielle could certainly give more uh, color to this, but Convey IQ's software takes into account all of the touch points that we as individuals look forward to, not just expect, but, you know, there's a video twist and there's an engaging chatbot twist, and, and a lot of the technology pretty much encompasses what it is that the candidates and everyday people would appreciate giving them that like amped up positive experience because we know and danielle if you're there I've, um uh, i want to uh, we i want to bring into this but we know that hr is not going to be able to do it on their own certainly not to the level that people would want them to do it yeah. so danielle are you there yeah. here i'm here i've been listening really that guy yeah Interesting. what are your thoughts before we get to uh, you know some other topics, what do you think's going on with regards to the bandwidth problem? To quote Elon Musk, we have a bandwidth problem in HR, <laughs> human bandwidth. Well, we, and I think it's one of the reasons that candidates consistently complain about the black hole, and they consistently complain that they don't hear back from recruiters or it's difficult to schedule interviews or to get on a manager's calendar. And frequently companies lose out on top talent when they miss out on the engagement piece. Um, but you always have to strike that balance. I, I think your discussion was really interesting around what is the role of HR in 2030. I think you need to always strike the balance between automation, technology, uh, and, you know, sort of the, I guess, ambiguity around artificial intelligence and what it can and cannot do and the human experience. And in many ways, I view the role of recruiter of a recruiter as becoming even more human, even more high touch mm -hmm. as yep. you start to automate these touch points. And the same thing with HR. I actually view one of the roles of HR as being someone who understands organizational design, someone who can almost be your team psychologist, your company psychologist, who can elevate everybody's experience inside of the organization itself because you know, the blurring of the lines between, I guess, your personal life and your professional life is something that obviously all generations are looking for, particularly the younger generation. So we need to be responsive to that, both inside of the organizations themselves when someone is hired, and then obviously in the recruitment process, how do we make it even more human by eliminating the touch points that don't need to be done by humans. And so I think that's really the discussions that we can have with how technology intersects with the people inside of talent acquisition. So maybe, um, you know, Ira and I certainly uh, know of Convey IQ with, with that answer, which is right and spot on. Tell, tell the audience a little bit about what you've been doing with uh, uh, TTI and now Convey IQ, please. 
Yeah. So, so I started TCI when the market was very different. Uh, so TCI, which used to be Take the Interview, was built on a vision that, you know, when the market had collapsed and there were so many people looking for opportunities and fewer resources in talent acquisition to screen these amazing people that were looking for jobs, you needed something to facilitate that. And it was also built on the belief that the resume itself was becoming less and less relevant to define someone's potential inside of an organization. And I still believe that, and I, I still don't think we're 100% there yet. Um, but, you know, my thought process was, as was, you know, uh, several other companies in the digital interviewing space, very great, you know, respectable companies, was that you could answer questions via video at your convenience and recruiters could then pin down a question and see, let's say, 100 candidates answering the same question that was most relevant to the role itself. And so this was really built on the belief that you are more than a resume, you are more than your experience. There is an element of potential here that we need to use new digital means in order to encapsulate. And so that was meant to speed up the process, facilitate screening, really great for high volume roles. And so we built a really successful business. I mean, I, I started this with pretty young, pretty new to the industry. And so, you know, admittedly, I made, you know, a lot of mistakes in the very beginning of trying to scale a software company. But, you know, we learned a lot through, you know, the, the several years that we launched this product to the market and amassed a really respectable client base. And then I would say it was probably about two and a half, almost three years ago, we wanted to build something that was more of a platform for our clients. Like I still believe to this day, I love digital interviewing, but I still believe it's a point solution. And so we thought, what if we expanded the value proposition so that digital interviewing and screening itself was only one touch point or only one way in which you can engage candidates and deliver a great experience. And so that's when we started thinking about how does AI, how does automation come into play? And throughout, you know, at this point, it was about five years of working with talent acquisition professionals. We knew that there were a mm -hmm. lot of things that they were doing manually that they just wanted to bang their head against the wall and say, I do not want to do this anymore, whether it was scheduling complex uh, interviews or, or days following up with managers, following up with candidates, giving them status updates, being able to prepare them for interviews, being able to welcome candidates to the process or give them a personalized experience, regardless of the fact that you had hundreds of people applying for every single position you opened. And so we actually, because we had so much integration knowledge, we ended up building out a really amazing platform that can personalize every single touch point at scale based on this fluid integration with your ATS. And so once I found out that we had the capabilities, you know, our CTO had done a lot of work on this, he analyzed it and said, we have the capabilities to do this working across basically any applicant tracking system that has an API that we can work with. And so once we, we saw that, we built out this amazing platform, and now we've been getting a lot of our clients that were on just digital interview, and we've been able now to offer them a full suite of engagement products. So and that's I don't, Convey IQ. And that's Convey IQ. And you know, 
a lot of I, I, I appreciate the context there because I could see how you moved from the end user, the candidate into the HR department, knowing that there were barriers of entry with integrations and being the software guy that I, I am. Uh, I got to congratulate you because integrations is is really a, a, the scary unknown for HR people. They're simply not technologists. They don't know the, the they know there are ones and zeros, but they have no idea what they're doing or maybe they don't even know. That there are ones and zeros. Um, from your perspective, Danielle, you, are are you seeing you know, the so what factor? Is what I'm going with here. You think about like so what? You know, do are you seeing executives actually paying attention to the fact that they need to put the candidate's experience in mind first, and that their HR team lacks the technology to do that? Or what kind of what kind of feedback you're getting from the market, from your perspective? Yeah. So I think there's three things at play right now that we need to consider. The first is the job market is super tight. Obviously, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. Unemployment is at like lowest lows. I saw the Wall Street Journal. I think it was the lowest it's been in like 50 years. So like when you talk to a CEO or you talk to executives, I think you just need to say in many ways, like some of the roles that you need to hire for, there is a clear supply and demand issue. So how do you become more competitive in attracting the supply of talent you need, not just for your workforce today, but for your workforce of the future? And so I think that's one of the key ways in which you start to change the conversation. The second is the reality, and I've been saying this for years, as have been so many of my peers that are like really, really intelligent in the space, recruiting is just like sales and marketing. So if you start to say, why have you been using technology to engage and re-engage your customers or your consumers in a really data-driven way? Why don't you recognize that your candidates are also in many respects your consumers? And they're also people who resonate with your brand. And they're also the people that you hire who will deliver this amazing experience to your customers. And so tying their experience to the talent that you hire to, I think you were talking about this earlier, you know, sort of your financial metrics, your revenue growth, your EBDA, et cetera. I think we need to start saying, why is sales and marketing have these tools for a decade? And why is, you know, recruiting fundamentally just getting this now? And so I think that's, you know, the second piece of it. And then the third piece, I think you appeal to the heart, right? So the first two are very kind of cerebral economic discussions. And excuse me on that, because that's my background. But the third is when you talk about the heart. Just say to any executive, do you remember the time when you applied for a role and you did not hear back? Or you were waiting for feedback from your hiring manager or your recruiter, and that feedback, which could have helped you be successful in your next role, just never came. And so those type of experiences, I think everybody has them regardless of how successful they've been. And we can all start to feel that empathy that our candidates have when they apply and then it's just cricket, like falling into a black hole. So I think, you know, talking about those, you know, discussions or having those discussions with executives 
starts to change the game in terms of, wow, I really need to be investing in technology that can facilitate this. And going with the the heart theme here, I just did a presentation uh, almost two weeks ago to a, a it's called the Lehigh Valley Professionals Group, and they are mostly uh, there to support uh, people in transition. And there were about 50, 60 people in the room, and I spent most of my time explaining to them how cattywampist HR is behind the curtain and how they simply, you know, because we, the three of us, and maybe some of our listening audience are deeply entrenched in this conversation. But for the person who is just laid off or the person who's looking to get a job and they have experience and they're not getting responses, there it's, it's, it gets in your head. You know, and, and now we're talking yeah. about how, what kind of impact does that have on the valuable resources that holistically throughout the market are available, but starting to wonder if they're any if they've got any value. Right. Well, yeah, and that goes I, back to even what I was saying about the present, you know, being a presenter. Um, I mean, it's a culture yeah. that they're just not responsive. Yeah. It's like there's so much to do. There's so much work to do. Um, and, you know, and much of what gets done is administrative. But how hard is it? Um, I mean, imagine, I mean, I don't know how many presenters some of these conferences got. I mean, I'm not talking about Sherm National. Right. So some of these might have got 100, 150, maybe even 200 respondents. Not that you have to handwrite a note, um, but but just the response. Hey, just want to let you know, new schedule's coming out. Um, if you're doing it to, to not just me personally, but if right. you're doing it to professionals, right. um, to their own, because yep. a lot of these people yep. are their own. Um, then you can imagine how unresponsive uh, they're doing it to candidates, uh, which are you know much higher volume. Hey, hey, Danielle. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna have a break in just a few minutes here. But in, in, initially, when you were walking through this, um, you talked about um, you know some of the things that you had done, and you talked to HR, and you recognized some of the you know this is, gets into what can be automated, what can you do better, what could be more efficient. Yeah. Um, but it was still talking more from the kind of recruiter HR side of what needed to be improved, kind of what are the pain points of HR and recruiters? But we're, you know, what your business is, is really talking about what are the pain points? How, how do we eliminate the pain points from candidates? Correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's absolutely right. But they're interrelated. You can have a discussion about how to make the candidate experience better in many respects if you don't talk about why the recruiter isn't able to deliver on those things. I mean, most recruiters that I work with are amazing. They are people, people. They want to deliver a great candidate experience, as do the VPs, the talents that they work for. They have these amazing transformation strategies. But when you look at the number of requisitions that they have, so their workload, and often the companies we work with are major brands, and they have a lot of applicants for their positions, you just start to see that even though you may have the best of intentions to deliver a great experience, you are just unable to deliver on it based on all of the things that you're doing. So I think that they're interconnected. If you mm -hmm. look at all the touch points candidates need, and then you look at the breakdown in terms of the amount of updates, the right type of preparation, the scheduling considerations, the, um, you know, 
quick updates to candidates that their resume is still even being reviewed. I mean, these are all of the things that just are common decency that are unable to be facilitated unless you use technology to do it in a really proactive way. So there's a couple of things. One is my my presentation, and and it's becoming one of the more pop, more requested ones uh, at the annual SHRM was keeping the human in HR. And you know my message was is that you know it's it's not you know, a lot of people looked at that uh, as, gosh, she's going to tell us why we shouldn't have technology, <laughs> you know why it's going to keep our job. And the you know and the reality was is that no, you're going to absolutely need technology. Um, so you can can have more human contacts because right now is the the process from from talent acquisition down to someone requesting you know vacation days or they have a concern about uh, their health care benefits um, they they don't get a response they got to stand in line they're fearful of going down uh, they don't even know how to find this information and it, it it just needs you know that part needs to be automated so there is more time for that human interaction. Um, when we come back, we're, we're going to take a, a quick break in just a minute. But when we come back, I, I want to have, I want to be able to talk about some of the touch points that you found have the biggest impact. So there's, there's a long list, you know. But I, I did some research on what you were doing, and and I've been doing, you know, just just in the game. Um, you, you know, I'm sure we'll agree on what most of these touch points are. But I want, you know, you, you're doing this full time, and you've got a lot of, you know, um, data behind there. You know, which of the which of the touch points, the candidate touch points, um, can be changed and have the greatest impact? So um, we'll, we're going to continue this conversation in just a minute. But you are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We're with Daniel Weinblatt from Convey um, IQ. Uh, we're talking about uh, what's going on with the candidate experience, um, HR recruitment, uh, what the workforce is going to look like, not only in 2030, but in 2020, uh, what needs to be changed right now. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll hear from our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. So stay right where you are. We'll be back in two minutes. Behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. When you search with the real yellow pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real yellow pages, YP.com, and YP.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800 
803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf. I'm here with Keith Compagna, my co-host. Uh, we're in the same studio today, mm-hmm. and we've got a, a great conversation going on with our guest, Danielle Weinblatt from Convey IQ. Uh, we've been talking about uh, future work, uh, candidate engagement, um, automation for mm-hmm. uh, you know where things are headed. Yep. Uh, when we left off, we were talking a little bit about uh, recruitment marketing. I, you know, I, I actually... You know, Danielle, you were talking about, uh, and we were talking about this in the break. You know, you know who who's your primary contact? You know, are you yeah. uh, are you working with recruiters or or the, the VPs? Um, I'm working on my you know, when I'm I'm presenting, and I probably work with a lot of small, medium sized businesses. So, um, you know, it may not exactly be your target yet, um, but uh, so the, you know, sometimes there's one HR person, and they're they are the recruiter. Uh, and uh, so I, I, ch- I recently changed the title of this online course I was doing uh, to the recruitment recruitment marketing for the accidental recruiter. Uh, and uh, I give credit if you remember uh, to Keith uh, Karen Young. You know she talked about the ex- accidental HR person. Right. Yep. You know it's like the receptionist who's good with people, and they say, "Hey, can you uh, post this job?" And all of a sudden they they're in a, you know they're in Fast HR or they're helping with payroll, and and they're you know thrown into the mix. So while there are you know there's a there's a lot of really really good recruiters, and and to them. Um, you know, they, they get it. And, and this is, you know, we're, we're not necessarily talking about that bell-shaped curve or, or and it's not even just bell-shaped curve. It's probably the, the, the rest of the 90% of the population right. that sort of got, that needs to get their act together uh, of doing that. But when we left off, um, you know, we were talking about the, the pain points uh, within HR and recruitment that we need to fix. Uh, to free up yep. time so they have more ability for the human contact. From the other side, because you spent, you know, you built, you have a platform, you have a program, a software that helps uh, manage the candidate experience. So, what are some of the the top um, touch points that you've seen that, when I guess course corrected or improved, have the greatest yep. impact um, to not only attract more candidates but also to keep them in that pipeline and and uh you know raise the bar so what, what are what are some of those touch points and which ones have the greatest impact sure and I'll, I'll go through some of them and then we can double click on a few of these um the first one is of course the status update particularly the weekend status update there's been some studies that show that the psychology of a job seeker going into the weekend uh, in a hanging status um, does not create a great candidate experience, meaning giving a candidate an update before going into the weekend is definitely something that you should consider. And we can talk a little bit about that. Preparation for interviews is a big one. Um, So that's as simple as even understanding you're coming on site, you're going to be meeting with three hiring managers 
one of the interviews will be a case study or a whiteboarding session. You're going to have, you know, X amount of time for a lunch break, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so even having just some of those uh, pieces of information prior to the interview itself, believe it or not, a lot of companies drop the ball. Um, I think another big one as well as the pre-board. And so I've heard some pretty bad experiences and they will blow your mind about candidates receiving an offer, accepting, and then crickets. So you would think that the black hole would be pretty common right after you apply and maybe you're not being considered, which of course everybody hates that. So I don't need to reiterate common sense, but imagine you get an offer, you accept an offer, and now two weeks, three weeks, even a month or longer passes, and you haven't really heard anything from your future employer. Um, that is a really awful candidate experience or even new hire experience that absolutely can be changed with our software and uh, improve yields, improve percentages, and uh, really improve the experience. And then I guess the last one that I think is really important that still two out of three companies are not doing or at least not doing well enough to improve the overall process is asking for feedback. So believe it or not, there are still companies out there that don't collect any feedback from candidates about how they're doing throughout the recruitment process. And so at the very least, simply asking a candidate with a touch point, how is our process? You know, what did you think about your on-site interview? How was your application process? Or I know some talent acquisition leaders will just merely ask, would you refer us to another candidate, um, you know, based on your hiring experience. So, like, mirroring the customer NPS score. Um, I think those are some of the key touch points that, again, sound like common sense, but are just so infrequently done that they ruin an otherwise great, uh, great employee uh, and great recruitment experience. So, you, you listed these four, and it sounds like it's, I mean, it's, you're right. It's it's so simple because all four is just about communication. Mm -hmm. it, it's almost yeah. as simple as common courtesy. Just respond to people. Just let them know where they stand in the process, uh, which, you know, which yeah. relates to I think I, I saw this in one of your videos or someplace. It, just being more transparent. I mean, right now, the, the, the application, the selection process is so it's it's like you submit it into this black box mm -hmm. and you, you don't know anything that goes on. And you show up for an interview and you don't even know who you're being interviewed by, what the, what the day is going to look like, what the process is, what happens after that. Um, so we're, we're talking about basic communication, yeah. whether it's verbal, uh, whether it's written, whether it's text. Um, and, you know, I know people say, well, text messages are so cold. So we don't do anything. Right. Um, a text message is it, in fact, it's the, I'd rather get a text message. Everybody, you know, would. at the time, you know, uh, one of one of the things that always stood out as soon as you were talking about status updates, um, the, the, the really sharp companies. Not only do they tell them, they send them, um, you know, hey, you're going to meet somebody. Um, here's where to park. You know, little little things yeah. like that. But um, an hour before, they'll send them what the what the traffic looks like. 
Yeah. How long is it going to take? Yep. Just give them a, head, a heads up. Little things that are just proactive, which cost zero. Right. Cost nothing. I mean, if you knew you yeah. had a, you know, maybe you can't do it for everybody. But if you knew you had a top candidate in, I'd immediately go and pull up on my phone. I'd, I'd pull up Waze, see what the traffic looks like, and just send them a text. The slightest it was important personal. enough. Wait. Yeah. Wait, what? why can't you do it for everybody? Because there's technology out there that can do that for right, yeah. everybody. It's yeah, yeah. Oh, ab- oh, absolutely. Our, I'm, I'm our trying, system, we're doing yeah, one bite at a time. <laughs> one, yeah. one candidate well, at our, a time. <laughs> our, our, system, our system does that. So with our scheduling system, because we handle sequential interviews, which are incredibly complex, and I won't go into the algorithm for it, but it is quite fun if you want to dive into it. Um, we can basically, if you have an interview day for a certain role, we can optimize that schedule for candidates. And then, of course, if we're going to optimize their schedule with coffee breaks, with lunches and everything, we can also automatically generate a full-scale agenda with the participants, with the format of the interview, even with the conference room. And then the candidate will automatically get reminded, hey, this is the office address. Click here for directions. Click here to see how long it's going to take you to get there with the traffic. Because our system knows where the candidate is in the hiring process, knows when their interview is because we have scheduled it for them, we can send them all of that information plus a video of the manager saying, hey, I'm so excited to meet you. Like that is the beauty of like what I wanted to deliver to people without bogging them down to have to do that manually. You get it? Is yeah. It it, it totally makes sense. And it, you, you had mentioned something earlier and you got me thinking about how recruitment really is sales with that feedback, that follow up. You know, you, you there's nothing better than, you know, getting a referral from a from an existing client because they know, like and trust you. And so building that up with regard to uh, the candidate experience is great. My my curiosity to you is considering that more often than not in sales, buyers are avoiding risk. They really, they want to make a safe decision. Uh, it kind of jades them from one idea or another. What do you think is was keeping HR from, from moving forward with what you, me and Ira here are talking about, the common sense approach to get people to, I don't know, save time, enjoy the experience, and I don't know, you might even hire the next generation of leaders in your company. <laughs> What's keeping them, Danielle? No one wants to be first. I think that's the problem with any, whether it's like new technology or new processes. I think there's really two things always at play. So one is that you need the innovators. You need the leaders in talent acquisition and HR to implement these practices and then do what you guys are doing, which is speak at all the conferences, blog. Make sure that their voice gets out there and you know their podcasts get out there so that people in the industry can learn and not be the first ones to do it so that they feel safer. There are just so few people in the world that want to take the lead and want to be the shepherd. Most are sheep. And I think that's just the way technology adoption has always worked. If you think about crossing the chasm, there's always the innovative group that adopts a new process or a new technology before you start to have early adoption and then before you start to obviously cross the chasm to the mainstream world. And so, unfortunately, that's just human behavior. 
and you yeah. need to know what human behavior is in order to design technology to optimize it. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I guess I'll, I'll be the devil's advocate here, or maybe I'm answering my own question. So I, I, I agree. I mean, HR is pretty conservative. Even if even if if they if HR was a proponent of using the technology, um, they don't necessarily have that voice at the table. They don't have the good arguments, and that's where Keith comes in. Right, but the right, HRI right. is being able to, to to demonstrate what the value of that would be. But I'll still go back to the basics. It it's still basic communication. You don't need technology to respond to somebody. Um, you know, and again, you, you you brought up a great point. Why not respond to everybody? Well. Why don't they respond to the top people uh, in a timely manner sure. and and give, you know, if you're really uh, concerned with, you know, if you're really focused on somebody, you, you're just having a tough time scheduling them with your hiring managers, you can provide the automation. But if you don't have the automation or you're working in a small company, just reach out to them and say, hey, listen, you know, we, we, we told you we'd be back to you by the weekend. Sorry, we can't get in touch with the hiring manager. Uh, it'll be Monday for sure. Um you know, or send them a text message and, and do these things. Um, so I, I think it goes back to if if HR and recruiters, uh, and again, this is general, there's some really good people out there doing it right. Um, yeah. If they focused on the what can we do to improve our communication and then recognize that technology would help automate part of that process, then that's the story. So I agree that I think the technology, you know, push, pushes people off, uh, but some of it's just mindset. Some of it's just I, you know, I, recognizing me. I agree. I agree. I think if you were going to ask like the question about why don't we just have like common communication, I do think everything comes down to incentives. And it's not just about like everyone when they hear incentives, like in HR, they think it's like about compensation. Sometimes it is compensation like sometimes you need to define like the behaviors you want or the actions you want to how you get uh you know numerically compensated but i also think of incentives as do you feel like in your role that what you do and what you not what you don't do is top priority for you to feel whatever you need to feel if you guys are following me so basically right. the point here is that like if someone doesn't feel as though communication with these candidates is something that they are incented to do because it will help propel them to whatever achievement status that they want in their profession, then it is not something that they will prioritize. So I think it goes back to the earlier discussion uh, that you asked me around, can the business then say, Candidate experience is important because of X, Y, and Z. Because if the business says it, and then you start to say that like the, the role of a recruiter is measured not just by how many racks you can fill or how many bodies that you can put into these open positions that we have, but also by the candidate feedback, by their perspective about our hiring process and you change the mindset as to what the business prioritizes, you can then start to change the way the recruiter recognizes their incentives and how they get their work done. So it always stems from the top. So, so I, I realize that this may need to be anonymous or, or maybe you do have a published case study and I, I didn't see it yet. Um, do, do you have any have you been able to demonstrate with any of your clients what an improvement in candidate experience, however you might measure that, would be uh, with um, 
you know, profitability mm-hmm. or revenues or, you know, yep. I'm sure, um, have you been able to do that? Yep, we have. So I, I can't share the company's name, but it was a company that hires uh, a lot of drivers based on the West Coast, um, but cannot say the company name. No, that's um, fine. But it, this is this is a very clear ROI, very clear revenue generating case study. So one of their biggest issues, as you can imagine, you hire drivers. There's a lot of drop off, typically on the front end of the process and the back end of the process. So they're offered a higher ratio, believe it or not, before they started working with us was 56 percent. A lot of the reason for that is people didn't realize that this was a full-time role, that the company actually provided benefits to their drivers, <laughs> that there were certain requirements and expectations to arrive on your first day of work. They like literally couldn't get every single person that even accepted the offer to even bring all of their paperwork necessary to start on the right day. It's just, you know, high volume hiring can be really difficult. Within 90 days of implementing our solution and doing a pre-boarding engagement touch point where we did a countdown to the first day, reminded them of what to expect, videos from the CEO, as well as engagement touch points in the front end of the process, we got their offer to hire ratio up from 56% to 89%. That resulted in quadrupling (laughs) the number of hires that they did after implementing us. And the CEO of the company actually sent me a LinkedIn message. That was a LinkedIn message that I like screenshotted. I prized because it was so impactful to the business. Not to mention I'm a huge geek. Like I just like, he's, just an awesome just guy in like the whole autonomous driving space. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it, it was awesome. And he was like, he's like, I heard that you've had a real impact on our hiring process. And that's because in their world, the number of drivers that you hire or the speed at which you can hire people is directly equated to the revenue that you can generate. And this is the case, this is the case with a lot of companies where their front facing high volume roles are directly equated to revenue. And therefore the speed at which you can do it, the engagement, the conversion metrics across the funnel impact your ability to do business. And so that was one of my favorites. I worked on that directly. So we have a customer success team that does a lot of our implementation, but I worked on that directly with the head of talent and I just, I, I love that case study. Yeah, that, that, it that's, worked so well. Yeah, and that's exactly what we were looking for. I mean, that's that's a that's a great way to a, start a start to wrap this up. A great uh, industry too. Yeah, yeah. Industry. Oh, yeah, and they got you know I forget what the shortage number uh, is, it's but it's, it's huge. Yeah, at least for now until until, until yeah until it's automated. <laughs> yeah. So so then yeah, we just have a, a few minutes here left. Uh, how can you know how can people get in touch with you? Um, and then, you know, if you can kind of leave us with like one takeaway, what do you want the listeners to, 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 to walk away from, from, uh, this, uh, and, and, uh, you know, take action. Uh, sure. Uh, so, uh, do not message me on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't know if anyone has seen my post these days, but I, uh, I've been getting a lot of spam and it's really bothering me on LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> so the best way 
Um, well, if, if you know me, you text me, obviously I love text messages, but I think the best way to reach out to me is either on Facebook. So as on Facebook, or you can definitely email me, uh, at com. These days I'm much more likely to respond to email than I am LinkedIn. It's just become yep. a treasure trove of okay. spam. Um, so, so that's how you can reach me. And then, like, I guess the big key takeaway here, um, you know, other than, you know, really think thoughtfully about your candidate experience and, and trying things about the intersection of technology to make your candidate experience more human, um, is to be okay with being uncomfortable. And I think that's one thing that, like, I think a lot of people struggle with and, and something that you know, I push myself to, to do every single day. I think it's really easy to become complacent, but complacency breeds mediocrity. And so if we can push ourselves outside of our limits and try and make every single day, like create something that makes you feel uncomfortable so you can grow and you can take more risks, I think ultimately there will be greater rewards. And so equated to that, if you aren't doing some of the things that feel risky right now, like if you're waiting to implement a technology that you're concerned about, that you do think can really help your experience, or you feel that it's a risk to give a candidate feedback because they're not getting that job offer, but you know that that feedback could really help them in future interviews, take that leap take that risk. I think in so many ways, you'll never get like the bigger rewards unless you go out there on a limb. And so that would be my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Thank you. And, very and, much. A, and a great way to end the show. So I really appreciate that, Danielle. Uh, good luck with uh, Convey IQ. You're, I, I love what you're doing. Um, great message. Um, and um, great sure we'll, we'll continue to kind of be in touch with with you as well. And we will post your contact information um, up on the uh, site when we uh, when when the uh, podcast goes live. Sure. So really, really appreciate it. But we Thanks. won't message sure. you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we won't contact you on LinkedIn, though. <laughs> Perfect. So. You, can, you can add me, but LinkedIn messages I am banning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, so thanks again, everyone. Um, again, we're going to wrap up a, another Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. Next week, we got uh, Ben Eubanks, uh, and uh, we just did a LinkedIn Live, so we want to get a little preview on him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got a great, great book. I highly recommend it. Uh, I'm his groupie, uh, as Keith is mine. Uh, Artificial <laughs> Intelligence for HR sitting by my desk right here. Uh, so we're always interested in hearing what's on your mind, if there's uh, other topics, speakers, um, or you want to be a guest or a yeah. sponsor. Yeah. Uh, just let us know. You can contact Keith and yeah. myself on LinkedIn. Yes, you're allowed. <laughs> yeah, we, we do respond. So far, haven't been too spammed. Uh, check out on Twitter. Uh, thanks again to JobVite Success Performance Solutions uh, for sponsoring us. Don't forget to join us next week Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY.com or catch us on any of the podcasts, Spot, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, uh, you name it, we're there. Until the next episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization, this is Ira Wolf and Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans. 